This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. And we started, okay, we're recording. Woo! Okay, so welcome to Drinking with Authors. I am your host, Erica Lance. With me today as a co-host is... J.M. Paquette. And our author today is... L.E. Perez. Well, Laura Perez, but yeah, L.E. Perez. L.E. Perez, that's that's your official name. My official name is L.E. Perez. Wonderful, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, Let's talk about what we're drinking first. So I have coffee with cream in it and a honey. I really think Jack Daniels should support this podcast. I'm throwing that out there, Jack Daniels. You should, because I drink a lot of your honey, Jack. Um, Jen, what amazing beverage do you have for us today? Water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm allergic to alcohol, so I'm fine. What a shame. What a shame. So what do you have, Laura? Well, you know, I'm Spanish, so, and plus, you know, we have this whole quarantine thing going, so uh, I think I have Corona Premier. (laughs) That's what I'm I'm drinking. Support my Corona. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, um, anyway, let's, okay, we're talking about books. Okay, started. Lots of whiskey. Focus. 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 You write horror mystery and thriller correct suspense what do you yes i am a genre slut oh i like that i like that so tell me about it while you're drinking your corona um so let's see whatever whatever the muse decides to go with is is what i go with so um if i'm if i see something hear something and i want to do something creepy i'll just write something creepy if I um, am, t- am tasked to write something creepy, I can do that. Um, if I want to just write a romance, I'll write a romance or an angsty romance or, you know, and the thriller stuff. I just like promoting other authors. So I started the anthology thing just to do that. That is awesome. So when did you start writing? Oh, I started writing when I was a kid. Um, I would just make up stories. Um, so I was a Nancy Drew fan. I didn't, I didn't like to read as a kid, so um, I ended up in the hospital for about five days when I was about eight years old, and my parents got me um, comic books, and suddenly I fell in love with comic books. And so after that, I started reading Nancy Drew's, but in my head, Nancy was always doing other things, and so was George, and so I rewrote them. So it was like, <laughs> I didn't know it was fan fiction, but I kind of rewrote all those stories. So yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. So um, when did you actually write your first published work? Ha. So my first book took me 13 years to finish. And it was partly because it was a thriller, but it had some domestic violence elements in it. And um, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And so I think it was too familiar. I think it was just too close. And honestly, I, I didn't like my main character. Oh, wow. Um, and I think it was partly because she was a lot like me or not like me or anyway, it, it was a love hate thing. So it took me 13 years 
and writing separate fan fiction to be able to go back to it and go, I know how to fix this and fix it. Oh, what, what fan fiction did you write? Um, Rizzoli and Isles, Criminal Minds, you know. Oh, can we still find it? Uh, I'm sorry? Can we still find it? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You I did, can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can. You can. Uh, like, I'm. I'm. I, I'm probably going to be uh, taking it down. Um, or, or I may publish it under a different name, uh, because most folks know what the name is, mm-hmm. and and I'd rather just be a little bit more hidden. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so I'm, I may republish them, but I'll republish them separately as something else. So, but I, I gotta say, my the biggest um, thrill was to have my fan fiction fanfic. Oh, that's awesome! Someone, someone took one of my fan fictions and wrote a fanfic based on that fanfic. It was like, eh? I did. You made it awesome. I was like, yes. <laughs> That yeah, it was great. Awesome. It, was, it was the weirdest thing. I found it, and I'm like, what the? And and they put right on there, based on the fan fiction, you know, by the... I was like, oh, shit, that's me. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Inspiring young writers. So yeah. you, what is your first book, then, the one that um, has domestic violence in it? It's called Beauty of Fear. So in the in the promo pic that you guys asked for, yeah, I, I actually feature that. That's not the original cover. It's a remade cover because uh, back in 2012, when I finally published it, um, it was one of those things. It, it was a general image that I had, and I didn't know really how to do covers and stuff and, you know, shoestring budget kind of thing. Uh, but since I've, I've revamped the cover and, and it's more powerful the way it is now. Very cool. So you're um, a domestic abuse survivor. Congratulations on making it through that. That is a very tough thing. Um, so this first work sounds like it was sort of a passion piece for you. It it was, um, and it ended up being a little bit more than that um, because it, it spurred me on to write other things, basically. So, But I, I needed to finish that one. It was like, unless I finished that one, I couldn't keep on with other stuff. So when I finally finished that one, obviously there are some things that are, um, you know, imaginary, completely imaginary, you know, of, of the things that the guy does and because and he's a serial killer and all this other stuff. But, um, but some of the instances in the book are true. Oh. And, and sometimes, fo- so folks who have read that book, I've gotten different reactions. I've gotten, oh, my God, it's so sad that domestic violence exists. I've gotten, why the hell didn't you tell me what kind of book this was? It kept me up all night. Or, damn it, Laura, you know, why didn't you say something? I I should have just read it during the daytime. Because there are some, you know, the tension is there. The, The moments are there, and you're like, what the hell? And, yeah, but some of the things are true. So I don't ever really come out and say which ones are true, but some of them are. So I let people try to figure it out for themselves. No, that that makes sense. Um, so you said you write what the mood takes you. So are you 100% independent? Are you traditionally published as well? Where does I, that lie? So, 
So I am right now 100% independent with a lovely, lovely agent who has been waiting for me to submit something to her for almost four years now. Oh, wow. That's keeping them on hold. I'm, I'm, I'm a freak of nature. I, 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 so I don't know if it's, somebody said I'm afraid of my own success. Um, maybe, I don't know. Um, but it's like this, it's just like this wall. Like I, I can't, you know, get past that enough to submit my stuff. So I finally got a talking to from my daughter last weekend. Um, (laughs) my daughter is, my daughter is 35 and she said, basically, uh, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> Just like that. Because <laughs> she does talk to me like that. And so very like, delicately. Very delicately. Yeah, she was like, mommy, what the fuck are you waiting for? And I went, I don't know. Like, oh. I, it, it Just like, I've had other people tell me the same thing, but it was like cold water. Like, I don't know what I'm waiting for. Although I did figure out one thing for the one story that she wants. I finally okay. figured out how to write it. Oh, wow. Because I've been torn between first person and third person on the story itself because of the way it has to be told. And I realized I need to write it in first person and third person. Got it. So now that I figured that out, I have like crazy notes everywhere, like from all this past week. I'm like, that's what I have to do. And this is what I have to do. And so now it's flowing. I'm like, yes, finally, I can finish this shit. So (laughs) I was like. Uh, it was like I was trying to decide one way or the other when, in fact, I needed to do both. Oh, wow. So, well, so, so what's your system? You said you have notes everywhere. Are you like a sticky note person or a, a note? So, I, so even when I do things like this, I always have a notepad, <laughs> you know, because I'll make notes to myself. Um, my phone uh, has over God knows how many notes on it. 600 and something, I think. So like if a story idea hits, I'll either dictate it or I, or a scene that I have to go back to. So like I'm working on a Reaper series right now and there was a scene I wanted to expand and it hit me while I was walking, walking the dog. So I stopped with the dog and I'm like, you know, trying to type it in and stuff. I'm like, okay, now I know, I know where I'm going with that. And then I just keep going and I have notebooks. I'm, I'm known as that notebook person. So anywhere I go, uh, any presentation I make, they all know that I have a notebook with a book I am working on. Every notebook is a different book. Wow. Oh, so you keep them organized that way. Uh, I pseudo organized until I stupidly get a flash of an idea for another story and start that story on the ass end of that notebook. And then they're meeting in the middle. <laughs> and then I have to try to remember which one is which and put divider. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> Note to self. Don't ever do that again. But it seems to work for you. So that's good. That's a system. Yeah, it does. Until you lose a notebook, which I have done. And I have lamented about on Instagram. I'm like, I lost my notebook. I lost my, and they're like, which one? I'm like the one for this storyline. And usually I'll get a comment that says fucking find it. You know, <laughs> because they're, we're waiting for the next. We're waiting for the next chapter, and I'm and I'm like, I don't know where I put it. So oh, eventually, I do find it though. But in the meanwhile, I I stress. <laughs> so 
So you started uh, rewriting Nancy Drew. I love that. I love Nancy Drew as a kid. So I think that's brilliant. Um, so what made you uh, actually start your journey as an author? I wanted to be the hero of, of the story. Like, oh. I wanted to be the hero. And my mom, my mom is going to be, God willing, 90 years old in August. Wow. And she has been writing for as long as I can remember. She's been writing stories and poetry since she was about nine. So about 80 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I helped her get published. And um, and so I, I grew up, like, literally, I'd get up to go to the bathroom at two o'clock in the morning. And I would hear the clickety clap because she was at the kitchen table still working. Even though she worked full time, she would write until two or three o'clock in the morning, sleep for a couple hours, get up, get us ready, go to work, and then repeat the cycle. Wow. Yeah. So like when I bitch moan and complain about, oh, there are not enough hours in the day. Oh, I I, I get mad at myself because I'm like, my mom didn't have enough hours in the day and she cranked out so much stuff. It's like, it's ridiculous. So mm-hmm. I don't have an excuse. Well, that's amazing. So when you started and you wrote the first, you wrote fan fiction, obviously, it sounds like you wrote around crime shows. Was that your passion or were you like, I'm going to write about unicorns? And then that just happened to be what came out. I am. I'm I'm, no, I'm. Hmm. So (laughs) I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. You're talking to two epic nerds. So I, I love superheroes. I love, um, fantasy, sci-fi, all of that. You know, like I, I hung on every word from Wonder Woman, you know, the Bionic Woman, Six Million Dollar Man. I mean, I like all that stuff growing up. The first movie I ever snuck into was Star Wars in 1977. So it's like that was the first movie I ever snuck into. Not the last, but it was the first. <laughs> so, um, and um, it, it's just like, but for me, I always focused on the female. You know, like, how was the female portrayed? How was this portrayed? How did the women treat the men? You know, how were the men treating the women? You know, so I always I always looked at that even as a kid. And most times I didn't like what I saw. So I would rewrite things the way I wanted to see them. So, and I mean, I ended up doing criminal justice as a degree. So I was in corrections for 15 years. I've done victim services. I've done all of that. So... So writing crime stuff, court stuff, all of that, that's that's easy. That's like breathing to me. Um, I'm a martial artist, so fight scenes, that's, you know, I mean, it's one of those I have to act them out. So if I ever, if <laughs> ask Val, she's seen me, uh, when we do uh, write-ins, we do the virtual write-ins right now, and we silence everybody, and they see me writing, and I'm like, you know, doing all this stuff, and it's like, because <laughs> I'm, I'm acting it out, it's like, no, that's not going to work. Like she wouldn't do that. She would do this. And so that's, that's, you know, that's my thing. So I'm a weirdo. No, I'm looking I, at I my nerd stuff right thing. now. I got, I got Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Uh, by the way, I got like all different kinds of, all versions of Wonder Woman in the pops, the, the Funko pops. Oh, yeah. All versions of Wonder Woman. I have, what else do I have up there? I have like Nintendo stuff. I have, all of my Xena stuff, Mulan, you know, Superman, Captain America. I have an original uh, comic book, 1977 Star Wars comic signed by Carrie Fisher. You know, so it's like that's my that's my nerd stuff. This is my this is my home. 
which I where I feel most. Two epic nerds. That's the first movie I ever um, remember going to. I was three years old to go see Star Wars. I were it was the premiere at the Chinese Man Theater in Los Angeles, and wow. and people think now that that was. I mean, they had all the characters there, they had all the people, they were doing the thing, but it wasn't that big of a deal because no, nobody knew what the hell this thing was. No. So, no, it was empty. I still remember that. I was 11 years old, and we were leaving one theater. We had just finished watching something, and we were, my sister and I, on our own, so to speak. This is in the Bronx in New yeah. York. We were 11. Back then, you could be alone in the Bronx in, at 11 and be walking around all over the place. We just had to be home by a certain time, and we had time. And so we left a movie theater, one theater, and we're walking. And this wasn't when they didn't check tickets then. And so we, we saw that, you know, oh, another movie had just started. And it was like, do you want to go in? I don't know. Do you want to go? Let's, let's go in. Let's see what it is. Because we saw Star Wars. We're like, what the, what the hell is Star Wars? You know? And so we walked in and saw Carrie Fisher and <clears throat> sat down. And that was it. It was like, I didn't expect anything with Star besides Star Trek to have a female in there. So. No, I, I, I agree. I, when I hear that music, I go nuts. Me and um, Jen here are epic nerds. We, I, I cosplay. Like I think, I think you almost have to, um, you know, we're artists. All of us are artists. We're writers. We're artists. You have to be on that sort of the weird spectrum to go into the worlds, whether they're more akin to reality or fantastical base to exactly. create those worlds and create the things. And I think it's funny you describe, you know, you doing the, the, the fight moves because, you know, we were, we were talking the other day about it, uh, uh, writing um, uh, erotica stories. And it's like, go get the Barbie dolls to make sure. Cause if you have more than two of them, you might need to like, yeah, figure out exactly. how the- you, you have to though, but you have to, you have to, you can't just visualize because if you do, then you're going to visualize stuff that, that can't happen. I mean, unless you're writing a fantasy crazy story like that, then sure. But like I had to, um, I had a writer cause I teach about writing fight scenes and I had someone submit like a chapter to me and she's like, can you tell me how to improve it? And I, and I, I read through it and I had to read through it again to make sure I understood what I was reading. And then I read through it again because I always do it like they laugh at me. I, you always read it three times. Yes. I read it the first time just to get the gist. I read it the second time to make sure I understood it. And I read it the third time to correct whatever the hell I just saw. So the way the fight scene, and this was a contemporary story. Okay. So it was in the today, in the now, no superpowers, no nothing. But this person was punching like Mr. Fantastic coming up around and, you know, and I was like, that's impossible. That is physically impossible. So let's fix that. And so we, we redoctored it and stuff and, and we fixed it. But I was like, I know what you're trying to say. That's not the way to do it. So, yeah. No. <laughs> I, I think that's I just like that's my team and I had to do my left, his right, his left, my right. <laughs> like, which way are we, we standing now? Well, no. and the funny thing was the scene that I was talking about specifically that, that where I was doing this just the other day, I have never written a story with otherworldly creatures. Okay. Oh. 
I had never, I had never, not one in which there's a fight. Like I've written about a chupacabra and that, not your chupacabra, a different chupacabra. Uh, (laughs) But like I've, I've written that, but I have never written a fight scene where someone is battling an otherworldly creature that is not built like they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not hand to hand. It's not, it's something totally different. So I was like, okay, it's coming at me this way and I'm, I'm going like this. Am I going to do this or am I going to do that? No, that would be stupid. This would make more sense. Like, it was just bizarre. I got tired when I was done. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) There's like an upper body workout. (laughs) It was. And then the thing is, like, I was, I didn't realize how involved I was in the scene that I was writing, that I was trying to describe, because then our 25-minute alarm went off. Scared the shit out of me. Because I was like, yeah, it's like. And I'm cutting in and and I was like, oh, fuck, (laughs) time's up. (laughs) I was like, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my. Yeah, it was very funny. (laughs) I think it's interesting. They wondered about me. Uh, I think it's brilliant. You talk about fight scenes because I was watching um, one of the Viking shows. And I say one of the Viking shows because now I'm just totally confused with all of them at this point in time. When plot line is which because they're all using the same characters, right? is um, you see these battles and something happened where somebody was like, well, that seemed like very short. And I'm like, have you ever wielded a sword and spun it and hit people and carried a shield? Like, I'm, I'm like, those shields weigh 25, 30, <clears throat> 50, 60 pounds, depending on what kind yeah. of wood these shields are made out of. So you're holding this up and you're wielding. If this is not something you can do for like eight hours. You're not like eight hours. I'm going to have no. a battle out there. I, I watched no. an interview with uh, the Witcher. Um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Harry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. Him. He, he said, um, he's, you know, totally, he's like, I was Superman. I'm so buff. And then I had to hold a sword and hit things with it. And he's like, I had to do special exercises for my yeah. wrist and my forearms because and I was just forearms. things. Yeah. You got to do forearm stuff. So when I, when I, so, you know, we all as writers get that whole carpal tunnel thing. So if you ever want to help yourself with that, a sword is wonderful because of the way it's balanced. You extend it. And you just bend it up and down, just mm-hmm. like that. And you're working your forearm, you're working your wrist, and you're strengthening that. So it'll reduce the, the carpal tunnel stuff. I've actually done it. Oh, it wow. Works. Yeah. There's, there's, a, <laughs> I have, there's an advice for writers right there. Grab a sword. I, know. And I, I got my swords right here. I got a bunch of them. So, <laughs> But it's funny, um, the thing about the the... Like the whole the whole fight scene thing and and just just trying to trying to get it right. Um, there there is such a thing as that whole kiss principle. You know, keep it simple. Expand on it later, but initially, don't don't try to get all into it because especially if you don't have that background, because if you don't, you're just gonna get lost in the weeds. So mm-hmm. just you know, know that you can just write you know, fight and what your result is that you want, you know, in parentheses, and then go back to it later. So, but it's like, um, have you ever seen uh, Conan the Barbarian, the original? Oh, yeah. 1982? Yeah. Okay, so I tried to watch it yesterday. First of all, I forgot how much I hated Arnold Schwarzenegger's early movies with the, and all that <laughs> screaming that he would do, the, the dog. 
I don't even know what the correct sound that is. Okay. I, I God. Anyway, so I'm watching it. I'm watching it with my wife. Okay. And the whole, you know, the, the whole beginning starts with forging a sword and the importance of men with swords and iron and all this. Right. And then, um, Conan's mother is trying to protect him and she's standing there with the sword. Initially she has it out like this. And then when the bad guy is coming, she goes like this. And my wife is like, is she going to fight him? I said, no, she's going to die. I said, nobody puts their sword behind them. If the bad guy is coming, why the fuck are you putting it behind you? You would never do that. Now, if you don't know anything about swords, if you don't know anything about any of that, yes, then your character would do that. But supposedly, this, is, this was her whole life. Why the fuck would she do that? She wouldn't. You know? So I was like... Dino De Laurentiis, you failed us. Like, he was, like, just bad. It was just so bad. I could not even finish watching it. I forgot how bad it was. But now as a writer, I do storyboarding in my head as I'm watching a movie. So bad. It's like Mystery Science Theater 3000 in my head all the time. <laughs> all the time. It's very like and enjoy. Are there any movies that you watch that you go, yes, they got it right? Yes. Some. Some, not very many, or they'll get it right in some scenes and not in others. And then you're like, damn it, why'd they do that? You know, but like if you ever see a scene where, excuse me, it's a knockout, knockdown, drag out fight. Okay, knockdown, drag out for like a minute 20 or whatever, however long they, they shoot that scene for. Obviously, it's longer, but what we see of it, a minute 20 and they walk away. And they're one breathe not breathing heavy, or they're not acting like something hurt. You lost me. You lost me. Because there is there's always an effect to a fight, a physical reaction. It doesn't matter how badass you are. If you are a serial killer and you just did something, guess what? There's a reaction there too. You're either sexually thrilled or just thrilled in general or riding high. There is still a reaction. When they don't do that or they just minimize that, it's like, ah, bullshit. (laughs) It's it's all bullshit. You know? You're caught in an explosion. Guess what? Everybody's going like this. You are. (laughs) You have to. The shit's loud. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be like. Yeah, I, I read, I was reading an article because so I was actually talking about COVID and I was talking about, I think, because I, I do HR as my day job and I've been saying that people have not been taking this very seriously because it's invisible. It's an invisible illness. Exactly. Like you, there's not a, you can see blue spot, spots on a person and go, this is an illness. And exactly. I've read a great um, thing that was talking about the difference between, um, movies and TV, and this is even true with books and real life, like chloroform in real life, you can't just put it over somebody's mouth and they go unconscious. No. Like you have to breathe in chloroform for a little while to go unconscious in a volume of it, you know what I mean? So you'd be having to stand there for like five or 10 minutes with this over somebody's mouth, not 30 seconds. Exactly. And then they were talking about grenades. Grenades don't have smoke. They don't have fire. They're pieces of metal that are shot out at a high rate of speed. Ah, but it depends on the grenade. 
It's it's true, but most grenades, if you watch military videos, are not like this epic. Yeah, like, yeah, they go boom, and it's like they don't go boom. All you see really when if it's a, a legit grenade, all you see really is this puff, and then everything just goes flying. Yeah. Now, if you exactly. have an incendiary or a gas or whatever, then yeah. Sorry, I was in the military. I love throwing grenades. Totally, that but that's. In a movie, you can't do that because there's nothing no. very epic about that. You throw a grenade, you can't no. just have a little bit of smoke come up and a sound. And no. shooting inside is the other thing they brought up. Because if you've ever shot guns, like I've shot guns, you know, yeah. if you shoot a gun, you're not standing inside 11 or 10 foot room and shooting a gun and not going deaf. Yeah. Like that's not happening. <laughs> exactly. 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 And that stuff, that stuff just bothers me. I'm like, oh. Good Lord, you know, come on. I get it. You, you know. So as a reader, you want realism in your story. Is that the... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I Like, I love reading... Um, if I want realism, like, for any of it, I, I, I love Jonathan Mayberry. I love Jonathan Mayberry because he was a martial artist. He, he, he has a background in being a bouncer, security, bodyguard, all of that stuff. He wrote for Black Belt Magazine. Like he, that's what he knows. And he does the research. So he talks to people in the business. He talks to, you know, he, he gets the right information and then he puts it down and has other people take a look. Now he just spits them out like that. But it's like, but he, he's done his research, you know? Um, and, and I enjoy that. I, I, I can read his stuff and know that I'm not going to be, Pulled out going, what the fuck? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and we were very fortunate. We got to have him on this podcast, actually. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back with more realism on Drinking With Authors. <laughs> <sighs> okay. We're going to take a break. Do you need to go to the restroom at all or anything like that? I'm good. I just need to finish my two chicken nuggets. <laughs> okay, I'll let you finish your two chicken nuggets, and then we'll start again. Okay. Yeah, my head is, I'm sorry, my head is in my story, so I'm trying to get so many words down every day, because if not, I'm never going to finish this shit. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're both writers. We're 100% with you. We write every night from 10 to midnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what because, I've been doing, and yeah. I've been so much more productive now. So it's all, yeah. yay. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I was trying to get this, my background. I was playing with the backgrounds and I thought I'd turn this off, but it kind of looks okay. I no, just, it looks fine. We're not, we don't do video, so we're fine. No. Jen's got hers blurred out now for some uh, reason. Not sure what's happening there. My family's just came in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just don't care. I have my printer. Yeah. There's my printer. <laughs> No, usually oh. I don't either, but this was the first time like I really started playing with it. I was like, oh, that doesn't look too bad. I might have to I have to see since that's my logo. Yay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. my logo. So I found yeah, on Amazon you can buy and grow these roses. Did you know that? They the have rainbow these rose, roses yeah. that you can actually buy the seeds and grow. Yeah, you know you can do them yourself. Oh, I, I, yeah. Well, I saw that you can buy the actual seeds. I bought my um, stepmother a bunch of seeds for some purple and blue, like swirly ones and uh -huh. stuff. Cause 
I don't grow things like that. I, I grow my um, uh, whiskey collection. I do a good job of that or books Cut that I need to be reading. Dies. Yeah, I have a plant. I, I'm really good with my crepe myrtle outside because I don't have to do anything to it. I can kill a cactus. <laughs> like, so do you now. crepe murder? Crepe murder. Well, I luckily I've kept the crepe myrtle alive. I wouldn't give it to Jen though; she'd kill it. It would be terrible. So I just have to look at it or talk to it, and a plant is like no, and it dies. No, I'm a I'm a gardener. Mm -hmm. I'm oh, a wow. city girl who is a gardener. I don't know why. Ooh. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. No, I just I'm not I'm not that person. I want to be that person, but. I'm not that person. I like other people who do it. I like I like to live through their enjoyment of it. Well, when I get stuck, like writing and stuff, because I have my little workspace finally. But when I get stuck, I just get up, go out to the balcony, touch the plants, you know, do something, water them or whatever, thinking about my story. Then I go back and I'm fine. Wow. No, that's definitely, definitely some advice. Okay. And we're back. We're back. We might have been back during the going and touching the plants appropriately or inappropriately <laughs> and talking to them. As long um, as it's not a pussy willow, you're fine. <laughs> well, depending on the story, I think you're still fine. Um, so we were talking about uh, realism and writing and stuff like that. So what is, um, are you, uh, you, you have all these notebooks and stuff, but do you actually plot or are they just notes are you a pantser? What do you consider yourself? Uh, I consider myself more of a mix of both. And depending on the story or who I'm working with, if I'm working with someone, then I may plot it out a little more. So right now I'm working on an eight-book series uh, for a Reaper Academy series. And I'm working with another author. And she is a plotter. And so she forced me. We did several <laughs> online sessions video sessions and she forced me okay what's going to happen in chapter one well let, let's do this in chapter two and I'm like and I had to like my brain doesn't work that way so but I had to I had to do that but doing that I forgot I had totally forgotten really helps me so even if it's just a general you know you want to see this happen in this chapter this happen in this chapter this then that just gives you a guide so I would say I, I like to give myself a guide, but I don't necessarily 100% stick to it because if something pulls me out of that for some reason, there's a reason for it. If a character suddenly jumps in, like I created a character out of nowhere, like it was supposed to be one character we had written in and suddenly chapter 14, I created this total, totally different character. And, you know, she reviews it. We're, we're co-writing, but I'm doing the majority of the writing. So she goes into Google and she's, you know, helping me and fixing it or whatever. She was like, oh, my God, I totally love that character. I totally. I was like, OK, I pulled that one out of my ass because, you know, I, I just literally and I, I made up the name. I, you know, the person's supposed to be African. So I I looked up Swahili names and I was inspired by Doctor Who. So she's Song of the Water instead of River Song. But that's so, awesome. Yeah. But she's like Wimbo. What is it? Wimbo Azajaya or something like that. But just call her Wimbo. But okay, so there's a Wimbo. It's like, all right, we're good. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm a little bit of both. I'm a little bit of both. Because you say she made you write uh, write out the plot. How do you normally begin? Uh, an idea, a character. Usually, a character just kind of pops in my head. 
So like, um, I'll give you an example. So I have a, a Blade Master. I have to redo those damn covers. They've been staring me in Photoshop for like weeks now because I changed the covers and I'm like, I will finish you. I will eventually, you know. So, but um, I have a story called the Blade Master Chronicles, right? Um, and those are the ones people keep harassing me about because I have not, you know, done the other ones. But that one was inspired by something stupid I did, like literally stupid. I was moving an armoire, actually the very armoire that is now my little home office, and I had an antique sword on top of it, which is still very sharp. It's a Civil War sword. And I moved it, and I thought I had it, and I didn't. And I saw that sucker coming down, and I had no place to go. So I just jammed in to the to the you know got in close to the armoire and the thing fell blade blade towards me and just sliced my shoulder i was like oh, fuck you know and it clattered on the floor and i'm like damn but wouldn't that be great if i knew everything that that sword knew <laughs> and that and i just i literally I, I stopped the bleeding and i started writing and so that's it she's psychometric she was cut by a blade and the story goes on from there and she feels and experiences everything that that blade experienced. Wow. That's yeah. cool. So it's, it can be something like that. Another instance, I have a short story. It's very, so at Disney, like right there at Center Court, you know, lots of people. Some people kind of acting a little shady, you know. And I was like, man. If they were able to smuggle in some parts, some bomb parts and stuff from past the raceway and stuff where anybody can walk from the contemporary, anybody can just pick stuff up from there and they can assemble something and boom, everybody be gone. That was a story. Or on the people mover. Have you ever been on the people mover? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have crafted so many murders in the people mover. <laughs> so many. You go through those dark tunnels. Uh, so many and when that part when you pass everybody else just mm -hmm. like that like in my head there's a sword coming by you know like it, it so yeah i have a very active imagination i don't sleep a lot like it's so is something going wow so, so are yeah. you full-time are you a full-time writer i wish not yet not yet not yet i will be I, I work as a, I'm a program director at a martial arts school. So I run a martial arts school. I teach martial arts. Um, and then I have a very, very loving and understanding wife who lets me write a little bit in the morning, spend time with her, go to work, come home, de Laos, spend time with her and lets me write. <laughs> so that is, that is awesome. I, I think it's not, when you have somebody in your life that supports you uh, epically in your writing, because oh, being yeah. a writer is a, is as a job, so to speak, it's an interesting thing and in where you go and how you think and whether you, you know, kill people regularly in your writing, kind of like watching the TV show Snapped, for instance, a lot, you know, true yeah. crime. Um, how much research do you put into your books? You talked about Jonathan Mayberry and he puts, he does a lot. Like he will find the experts of the experts. And of course, like being at his level of fame, it's almost easier sometimes to get the super sure. experts to talk. Sure. But sure. Well, for me, it depends on what it is I'm writing about. So because I have a, um, 
a, a criminal justice background, there are certain things that I am the expert in and or I know exactly who to access to get that information, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I know who I have to go to. I know what the policies and procedures are already. And so, like, I'll tag stuff, I'll tab stuff. Um, but for other things, if I'm doing the world building, then I'm, I'm creating my rules and I'm making sure of certain things. But I, I haven't written anything that is so outlandish that I needed super deep research. The only one that I need some of that for is um, my one story, The End. It, it's called The End, A Tale of Survival. And unfortunately, it's about an infection. <laughs> so so I have not released it because it's bad timing right now or good timing, but no bad timing. I'll wait a little more. Um, but it's, it's, you know, about a young kid, you know, basically surviving. But it was inspired by the VA. So okay. I went to the, are you guys here local, Central yes. Florida? Yes. Okay. yes. So when the VA in Lake Nona was opening, when it first started to open uh, for clinics, I took my wife there and um, we drove towards the garage and they had just started putting up the big signs with the directions. And one of the signs, clear as day, said infectious disease, sweet whatever. And it pointed, I was like, the fuck? In fact, are they experimenting on the veterans? Like, what? And so, and when I went in there that same day, like it was empty because there were only a couple clinics open. And if you've ever been in there, the hallways are long. I mean, I had this whole zombie apocalyptic epiphany in there. Like it was just crazy. Less than two weeks later, that sign was gone. Oh, really? It had been, that part had been replaced with something else. I was like, I know I fucking, like, I wouldn't imagine that. You know, and she remembers it, but it was gone. It was gone. You know, it was so like, wait we a should minute. probably rename this. Yeah. Well, what do you mean rename this? No, like, that's probably it. when somebody looking at it went, maybe yeah, you should take yeah, down infectious I was like, disease. In, infectious disease. I was like, what? <laughs> so, I would, yeah. So that my imagination went crazy with that one. So, and still to this day, anytime I go to that one, I'm just like, I'm looking up, I'm taking pictures. I have the map of the location of the VA specifically so I can... You know, I've asked some questions of some guards and stuff like that. Just general questions. You know, I have no problem. So when I was a kid, I couldn't couldn't ask for a bus token. Like that's how shy I was. Now I learned to be ballsy and bold. So I'll ask anybody anything. I, I I'm fine. And it's like, where'd you get that shirt? You shouldn't have gotten it. You know, I'm I'm that person now. <laughs> Oh my God! So now I can ask anything. Yeah. Do you um how so when you sit down to write, do you consider yourself a fast writer or a slow writer? How many words do you do on average when you're sitting down? Okay, so I can write better than I typewrite, and that's mostly because I can't my I don't keyboard very well. Because, <laughs> and honestly, I'm not giving you the finger. That finger was broken <laughs> when I was ten. 
I broke it when I was 10 skateboarding, and this ended up down here, this finger. Oh. So I put it back. It never healed properly. So now when I close my hand, it closes like this. Oh, wow. Whenever I try to properly keyboard, I always hit the wrong keys on that left hand, always. So I tend to be hunt and peck on the left hand, and and I, I use mostly the right hand. So I'm like all over the place like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it gets, I yeah, so I think and I write faster than I type. Oh, wow. So Have you tried really like dictation software or something like that? I have, and I do dictate sometimes. Like, I have that dragon dictation thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that one moment in a good thought where you relax your tongue and you do not enunciate, garbage comes out. Mm-hmm. And you look at it later and go, what the fuck did I write? I don't know what I meant there. I have no idea. Kaka. I- I'm actually 100% with you. I got and I trained the dragon, naturally speaking, for mm-hmm. weeks because you have to train it for weeks to listen yeah. to you. Yeah. And no. I found going back and trying to edit that because if you want to go, you want to go at a pace. At least I'm one of those people. The only time I'll go, I'll go back when I'm writing for me is when I'm like, wait a minute, what did I name that weird side character that suddenly showed back up here? Like, I'll go look for pieces yeah. so I, you know, at least at first. But with that, I would scroll back up to go look, okay, where am I? And there's just some of the words, and I'm like, what? Like, I find my, I, I feel like it's very much like voice-to-text on the phone. Like, yeah. you'll do a voice-to-text, and I'll say, can you grab the bag at the store? And it says, I was drunk in your pour. And I'm like, what? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. So I, I, it frustrates me. I just can't. So I just plot along. For me, as long as I have, what I try to do is the, like those writing sprints. So if I do a writing sprint, my goal is to get so many words in those 20 minutes or 25 minutes. And so I'll work at it. Even if it's misspelled, I'll ignore the red line and I just keep going, <laughs> you know, and then I'll go back. But yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. But I'm it waiting is for weird. the stylist. It makes for a great pro- story, though. Yeah, it does. As you, she's flipping. Everybody just needs to know she's flipped me off like 20 times. And she's still <laughs> amazing. Yes, I'm gonna let it go. But um, I'm waiting waiting for a stylist that actually takes the text and put it in a word document. I would be forever grateful if they had one that really worked that you could really do that because similar to you. I think I probably write faster if I'm handwriting yeah. something. Just yeah. that's still not technologically where it should be. Well, what I finally, because my co-writer for this Reaper thing laughs at me because she she's always like, you and your notebooks. Because when I get an idea, I have the notebook with me. And so I'll jot down the idea and then I have to tell her instead of already automatically sharing it. So I, re- I remembered it hit me on Friday. Dumbass, you have a rocket book. Yeah, those things it's are like, why the fuck am I not using it? <laughs> so I had to track it down, figure out what bag it was in, wipe all that crap off, which I did last night, and I finally started doing my character sheets. I'm like, instead of trying to like do it three times, I'm just doing it one time and then taking the picture and it's done. It's uploaded. <laughs> those things are magical. Awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I have, I have my, here, here's mine. It has a, an octopus with books on it. Yeah, and I started, it's just keeping, <laughs> anyway. Oh, us as writers, the weird crap we go through. Okay, 
So let, let's talk a little bit about reviews. <laughs> okay. I wait till this portion when you've had several drinks to review. Uh-huh. So um, when you're reading, do you review? Do I review other authors? Yes. Um, if Yes, I try to. So here's the thing. If I don't like it, I will not review it. Okay. I will not give it a bad review I, because I, I'm not going to lie about it either. So, uh, you know, if someone comes to me, there's a writer friend and say, hey, can you, can you review my book? And I read it and I'm like, oh, <laughs> we, might have, we might have a private conversation, but I won't review it. Okay. Like, I, I, I just won't because it's writers, some writers have thick skins and some do not. And all of us are still battling that whole imposter syndrome. No matter who you are, we all battle that in one way or another. I don't need to add to that to anybody because I know I don't like it when it's added to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel, um, at, so let you brought up a words, words, whiskey words. Um, you brought up a point that I think is really interesting. That's okay. I it's, that's why I get to host the show is because I can just make up sounds and keep going. Um, is we, as authors, you want to give your book to your friend or somebody and go, Hey, will you read this for me? Like, I, I talk about this, especially with new authors, is like when you go to post your page and you go to advertise your book or your next book, we all hope that our friends and our loved ones will buy the book, even just for the sake of buying the gotcha-star book, right? Like, just buy the goddamn book and write a five-star review for me because you're my friend. But that doesn't happen. Where do you get to when a friend asks you to read a book? And I've had this where people have asked me to read books, you know, and especially because I get to deal with the writer community and I start to read the book and I'm like oh god you know it's not either not my book or some more editing could have occurred or things like that where now I'm in I feel like I'm in an uncomfortable space because they're my friend and well it depends on how 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 good a friend do you want to be so you can blow cherries up their ass and tell them oh my god this was great or you can offer to help. Um, if it's already been published, you can tell them it's not your thing. You know, I, you know, I appreciate that you're asking me. I'm really flattered, but it's really not my thing. You might want to ask someone who reads in this genre or whatever. You know, it, it it really is how how close are you to them and how open are they to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense, because like for me, I I don't. And maybe this is just me being not negative, but just practical. I don't have any expectation of any of my friends reading my shit. I don't. When they do, I am pleasantly surprised if they review. I'm honored. I feel blessed. But I don't set that expectation. I did at the beginning. I don't do it anymore because all it does is it hurts when it doesn't happen. So I just took that away. So as as a writer who's been doing this for a little while now, and I've had my ups and downs, and you know, and I've talked to different people, and I've I've been lucky enough to be able to interview different folks and talk to different folks about this. I don't have any expectations. If you if you want to read my stuff, read it. If you don't, you don't. I know who reads my stuff. You know, 
I know who does because sometimes they'll just tag me in something on Facebook or on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, they read such and such because that's what they're tagging me about, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't have that expectation. That's like with family. I don't expect none of my family to to, you know, everybody always says, you know, you'll at least get 10 sales from your family. You know what? I can always guarantee my mom is going to buy it. Um, I can pseudo guarantee at least one sister will buy it. I have 11 siblings. I can't guarantee anybody else will. And I'm, and I don't set that expectation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's just, it's just hurtful. And I, I, I think that's the the right thing to do is not to set that expectation because I think that, and this is true with friends too, you know, if we're fortunate, we have friends that are beta readers that know our style, like our style, can read our books, but it's kind of to the point of the feedback you give. So we're talking about reviews and getting reviews. And then what about the reviews you've gotten for your work? How do you feel about those? Do you read them? So I read one one time that really knocked me off track and 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 Valerie was pissed off for me. Oh, like, like to the point like, how dare they? That's not I don't know what book they were like. She was upset, you know, and I was and I was upset, too. But I was like, no, I'm not going to let it bother me. But it did bother me. Mm-hmm. It did. And I, in my mind, I was like, Fuck you. I, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, can this use a little tweaking here or there? Yes, of course it can. But you show me a book out there anywhere that is perfect. And I'm going to call you a liar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you a liar because it doesn't matter if you were Random House with Macmillan. With anybody. All of them have a typo. All of them have grammatical errors. All of them have. They just do. We just I ignore agree. them when they are one of the big five or the, the big known stories, you know, the big known authors, we ignore them. But when it's somebody that is new to you or an indie, very often, people are looking to nitpick. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, if you're looking to nitpick, don't read my stuff. If you're looking to escape, then read my stuff. Well, we just learned um, on one of the podcasts that if you uh, click on the reviewer, you can read their other reviews and see if that person is just a negative Nancy, like everything they write is is a bit And that's what I had to do with this one person because that's exactly what they were. I was like, you know, I mean, I, I, come on. I had a, I had an, uh, a reviewer one time that reviewed my one romance, uh, excuse me, love story. Um, And she started with, if I had known this was a lesbian romance, I would never have read have written uh, read it, you know. And I thought, okay, but if you continue reading her review, mm-hmm. it gives a very good detailed review. Bitch still gave it three stars because she couldn't say anything bad about it, except for if I had known. Well, the moment you knew it, you could have stopped reading it, right? Yeah. Obviously, it caught you enough that you wanted to finish it. Mm-hmm. So guilty pleasure, you finished it. You finished a lesbian romance. Ta-da! Well, and I always say that, um, you know, I got uh, the, you know, my first negative review and my response to it, like I read it and at first I was like, what, they she totally missed the point of the story, whatever. But then I went, thank you for spending money on my book. 
That was my whole thing. Like you, you put money in my pocket. You can be whatever. Thank you for buying yeah. my book. And I think yeah. serious people who are going to read, look at um, something like that and go, okay, that person has no whatever. Fine. You're an idiot. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. read the beginning of the story to understand what the story was about. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so they're samples. And that, okay. And that's fine with me. I'm like, you're good. So I, what I, advice would you give authors out there? My friend. What advice would I give them? Oh my God. There is no one way to write a book. Okay. There is no one soul hero's journey. Every hero has their own journey. Okay. And the naysayers. I mean, read and read in your genre and write what you want. Okay. I love it. The crafting stuff, take as many classes as you can. There are free classes everywhere. You know, should you learn certain things? Yes. Should you learn other things? Yes. But do you have to listen to every swinging little thing? No, because in the same conversation, you're going to get contradictory information. So mm-hmm. just just be mindful of that. You know, um, I, I, I hate that. I hate when you get two sides of the same coin and it's like, but I asked you this. Yeah, but I'm telling you both. Well, but which one is it? Well, it's neither nor. Then you don't have any fucking information information for me, except that it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, it's a non it's a non talking point. Move on, you know. That's all. I, I love that. Okay, so because we're nearing the end of the um, episode, tell us we need some shameless self promotion. How do people <laughs> find you? Okay, so that's the hard part for me. I I don't promote myself very well. I I do not. I I rarely talk about my my books. I talk about other people's books. <laughs> well, you have to. This so, is your podcast. You're featured. I know. Talk about you. I. I am on Instagram as, uh, what am I in there? Instagram as Ellie Perez author, but I'm also in there as, you know, for my podcast, I'm in there as a fight whisperer. So I'm, I'm all over the place there. Um, Facebook, I, I have a Facebook page, novel reads, Ellie Perez novel reads. Um, I have a group called Ellie's legions. It took me three freaking years to come up with that name. <laughs> I, kept trying, I kept trying to do Laura's this and Laura's. I'm like, I don't, but I don't publish on the Laura. Ellie's. Oh, Ellie's Legions. Yay. So, um, and usually like I'm, I'm presenting locally here. I present at different conferences and stuff as I can. So, and just, you know, like with the podcast, it's the same as like with you guys, just trying to get tips and, and stuff out there to people, you, you know? That was awesome. Well, you have been completely fabulous to have on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Even though you flipped me off the whole time, I, it's fine. I still, <laughs> I still think happens, you're But you know, it's there. <laughs> it's there. You see? Yeah. So, I get you, a lot of stares when I grab stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a second opposable thumb. I can grab stuff with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Raccoons around the world to be jealous. No, just kidding. <laughs> Oh, it has been amazing having you on the show. Thank you so much. This has been Drinking with Authors. Um, I've been your host, Erica Lance, and with me has been J.M. Pickett. And we'll see you next time.